0: Welcome to the Startup Creative Podcast. I'm your host, Kayleen Langford, founder of Startup Creative, your go-to source for straight up business advice. Hello and welcome to the podcast, Ash.
1: Hey Kay, it's so good to be here. I've been wanting to be on the podcast for a while, so this is pretty surreal. (laughs)
0: <laughs> Welcome. It's um, it's a fun place. Ash and I have actually done some work together from a coaching capacity and then I hired her to do some copy for my business and help with um, all sorts of different things along the way. And now she is thriving, doesn't need me as a coach <laughs> because she's killing it and has launched her uh, copywriting and more so recently niched down into launches and course creation and things. So I might get you to introduce exactly what you do, Ash.
1: Yeah, for sure. So if we've never met before, my name is Ash Chow and I am a launch strategist and conversion copywriter for online entrepreneurs, who want to sell their digital products on repeat and leave the world a better place than they found it. Um, Since becoming a launch strategist, I've had the privilege of working with some pretty cool clients, like Kay. um, I've worked specifically with uh, the Copywriter Club, which is a pretty big, obviously, club of copywriters in America. And I've also had the pleasure of working with um, Netflix filmmaker and YouTuber Matt Diavella on his launch, so it's been pretty cool. I really like the launch space and I'm happy to keep chatting more about it.
0: Mm. Well, well done. You've already ticked the first box of showing how clear it is by giving us a clear <laughs> elevated pitch. Well done. <laughs> Good testimony to your work. <laughs> um, no, cool. Well, we're going to jump into it because... I know that Ash has done some, had some incredible results and really, do you know what I love about the way that you work, Ash, is that you really pride yourself on understanding this stuff and you're always educating yourself and uh, researching and, and you know, growing your skill set in this space. And it's been really inspiring to watch you go on that journey from starting out as a bit of a blogger and freelance writer to, yeah, really being like, who, who where do I want to to spend my time and what niche am I going to carve out and um, going on that journey and not being afraid to like pivot and learn and upskill along the way.
1: Yeah. Thanks so much, Kay. Cause there's definitely been like multiple pivots, especially since we started working together. So, like, as you said, I started off more as a content writer like that was like my first foray into the freelancing business world and then I I think I started doing like more website copy when you and I worked together Um, and then from there I tried to niche a little bit more into just working for service providers but then I think I really found my sweet spot with um, launch strategy and copy so like Mm. and that was like within the span of a year (laughs) multiple times yeah
0: It's great though because I think that's a you know people set out and that's you know the tagline over over here that gets thrown around a bit is just start because you get in the game you get clients and then you figure out yeah where where is your sweet spot and what do you love to do and um, yeah you've really nailed it I know I've sent a few clients your way have loved working with you as well so let's jump into it because one of the biggest things that I hear as a coach often is people asking about whether to invest in copywriting. Well, let's even jump in and define copywriting because, you know, it's um it is a vital part of the business and the power that it can have to really set a standard for who you are and what you do, especially in this day and age where, you know, there is a lot of online content and people trying to get a consumer's attention. Um so yeah, maybe you can kick us off with giving us the rundown on like Yeah, what's the difference between good copy and bad copy and why should you invest and what can it do for your business?
1: Yeah, that's a really, really great question. And I I know I'm, I'm pretty biased, but copy really is an essential part of your business because what copy is referring to, it's like the way that you describe like who you are, what you do, why you're different, um, why people should invest in you over someone else selling the exact same service or product. So it's like, it's pretty much like words. Like when we all talk to each other, we want to know like, what do you do? And like, why why should I like work with you? Or why should I buy from you? And it's your ability to be able to describe exactly how you solve a problem and how you do it differently slash better than anyone else. That's what's going to help you make the sale pretty much. Um, a client wrote in her testimonial, she was like, your copy is what is going to sell your product or service. So why wouldn't you want to invest in it? And I'm like, oh, perfect. That's, I couldn't have said it any better. Um, and I wrote her website for her. So I think she, she really understood the power of what it's like to have really great copy written for your Mm. business.
0: Yeah, that's a great description. And I think I probably have shared it before on the podcast is that I um have invested in copywriting from the beginning, but randomly enough, seven years ago, I considered myself not a good writer, and <laughs> who would have known that I went on to write a book? But as a result, I uh, yeah invested in a copywriter and a business coach who helped me to get clear on exactly my niche and where I wanted to stand. And then she was also happened to be a writer as well, so was able to articulate that. and um and I think for me and what I see in my clients is that, people don't find it very hard to talk about themselves and to articulate why they're good at what they do. Like it's almost this, you know, shame or like, you know, we, we kind of want to keep ourselves small and we don't really, aren't used to bragging or, or saying, yeah, I can do this, you know. And so I think as a result, people don't stand in their power or articulate their their point of difference and what they're good at. And the second thing I see is, people will procrastinate about writing website copy or even copy also means like your Instagram, right, like Mm. the captions that you're writing. And I always think that if you're procrastinating about it and you are telling yourself you're not good at it, it's a pretty good sign you need to outsource it.
1: Yeah, for sure. And you make a really good point because I just want to say that like literally everyone finds it hard to write for themselves like even copywriters whose literal job it is to make words sound good we like we really struggle to write our own copy like there's this running joke with copywriters that like we write everyone else's website sounds nice and our clients websites sound amazing but then you come to hours and it's like oh wait no don't jump in our website yet like it's not done like it's forever a work in progress because literally it is so hard to take what you do on a daily basis that you think is super common you don't think it's that special and then try to describe it to other people like it's really Mm -hmm. hard when you're super duper close to your own like product or offering or whatever to be able to see or articulate its benefits and the way it's going to impact your customers. Um, just because like like I said before, it's something that you do all the time. So you maybe feel like it's not that special or you struggle to maybe see it from your customer's point of view, which is why um, like research is a big part of like my process, which we can probably go into more later. But yeah, I just wanted to say that everybody struggles with that so if you feel really crap um you're not alone
0: yeah no I mean that's the whole point right is you know very early on I always give that advice of like you know if it's not your area of expertise um it's going to be worth the money to to get somebody else to get it done so that you don't sit around twiddling your thumbs for too Mm. long um, but it's. A, I'm really glad we have this. I know we've been trying to do this for a while, but um, one of the, the stats that I read the other day when I was hosting a webinar for our membership was that 90% of people's decisions are nowadays are being made behind closed doors. So a lot of consumers are stalking your Instagram, your website, your podcast, yeah, your downloads, your you know testimonials, and coming up with their opinion of you. And I thought that was a really perfect like argument for copywriting because if you're not clearly communicating what you do, why someone should buy from you now, why you're different, what return they're going to get from that and they can't understand that across all your platforms or it's not consistent across all of your platforms, then your chances are they're going to click on somebody else's stuff and and they're not going to reach out for clarity. They're just going to keep moving and keep looking.
1: Yeah, 100%. Like the way you, you like I said, describe yourself and talk about yourself matters because if, you, if you're confused about like your own messaging and your your messaging's not clear then it's definitely going to be confusing for your customers and we always say that like we whenever we write copy it's clear over clever because clear is what sells, you know, because if you don't, mm. if they don't understand what you do, they're going to, they like, you're going to make them work too hard to figure it out. And people are lazy. Like if, if you have to make them work too hard, they will just go to someone else, like your competitor mm-hmm. who makes it really easy for them to figure out like how the competitor is going to solve their problem and how their life is going to be different and so on and so forth. So it is important to have crystal clear, consistent messaging across the board. So your socials, your websites, yeah. all of that.
0: Yeah, absolutely. And yeah, I think that's true. And it's it's probably even more so because a people are lazy but also the attention spans and the distractions of mm. you know how many apps are flashing and pulling us in different directions and where you know social media has you know given us like a 15 second max kind of like engagement mm. right so we've been we've actually been programmed to you know watch you know, I actually laugh at a, at a few friends lately who have been like anyway so I saw this thing on TikTok and yeah. I like <laughs> I'm like, really? That's how you're getting your information in the world right now? <laughs> like, no one's reading a form in a blog post anymore. <sighs> um, but yeah, it's a, it's a sign of the times. So, I'm really interested in this research part because I think let's start there about you know some of the things to look out for and start researching in terms of your copy f- and your target market. But as well as like I guess the role that that plays in, you know, I think probably a lot of people online listening would be interested in you know what is a a launch and you know what kind of products or services could that include and where do you you know kind of come up with your idea?
1: Yeah, yeah, so we can definitely talk about the research piece because it's like no matter what type of copy I'm writing to so that used to be like websites now it's launches, but irrespective of the actual deliverable, I find that research is part of an important process because like you have to understand who you are writing for in order to be able to create a strong message that's going to resonate. Um, Yeah. So like I said, research is a big part. So the way, what I mean by research is literally like understanding who you're talking to and what challenges they're facing um, mm. and the key here especially from a copywriting point of view is to figure out like how are they describing their own challenges and desires like what mm. are the exact words they're using like hey have you ever like read something like an ad or maybe like a blog post or what or a sales page and you read it and you're like oh my god like it's like this mm. person's in my head like they really get me like you've, you've experienced yeah. that before yeah yeah cool Absolutely. and the. Yeah. And the reason the person can write like that, like they literally, they've pulled th- those thoughts from your head and put it on the page. That's what copywriters do when we're quote unquote researching. We're figuring mm-hmm. out how you're describing your own problems. Then we're baking it into the copy so that when you, the customer or the prospect reads it, you're like, holy crap, she gets me. And then that's going to make them resonate and want to buy from you as opposed to someone else who maybe doesn't. Um, communicate how much they relate to you and things like that
0: yeah, no, yeah. that's nailed it tr- I have a question around that because I think that's probably how I developed my tone of voice for startup creative is because I would find myself uh, like you know scrolling like whether it was blogs or Instagram or the internet or and I really resonated with like are you feeling stuck cool try these three things you know like titles like that and it was just like when you're feeling stuck and you say someone says are you feeling stuck you're like yes thank (laughs) god somebody else is right it's like an actual relief in your body that you're like this is what I've been looking for um I'm interested how much of like your personal like do you your personal values and tone of voice come into that because it's you know I think there's that understanding what the target market and we'll go into how to find that. But in that early like development space of good copywriting, do you also take into account how you speak or want to speak or your values as a person?
1: Yeah, that's a really good question because your values do inform things like your tone of voice or how you say it. So for example, that research piece I was talking about will help you with like what to say so do you are you going to use the language like stuck or are you going to use um some other sort of wording so that the research helps you figure out what to say but then your your values and your personality is what influences how you say it mm. so for example Kay, like I feel like the startup creative voice is very like no bullshit, no fluff, straight talking mm. approach. Like you're not going to, whereas someone else who maybe is a bit more um, woo or spiritual mm-hmm. might have a more like a uh, softer, serene tone of voice. And they, they, they put it, like they use a lot more emotive language and things like that, because that, like those are their values and their personality. So even though both of you may be business coaches and you may still be targeting um, freelancers or service providers or online business owners, the way you talk about, the way you talk is, is different because of your different values and personalities. So mm-hmm. that's why like when I used to do a lot of brand messaging stuff for online business owners. So we would always start with like, what are their values? How do they want their audience to feel? And then that would influence their tone of voice. So whether or not mm-hmm. it was more straight talking or maybe whether it was more um, serene and warm and things like that. Yeah, that's
0: that's good. I, I actually randomly had in the webinar when we were talking about this, going back to that 90% is that, you know, all that means that you're copywriting as being your customer service front, right? Mm, it's like it's mm-hmm. building rapport and it's building trust. Right now there's people out there reading or listening or, you know, scrolling through startup creative stuff and are, are developing an opinion on me based mm. on you know all of that so that accuracy of doing the research because if you don't ever get a chance to meet them is your touch points of where they're researching you right now or a reflection of what you're going to offer and I had some really nice feedback of a client who was like yeah when I listen to the podcast it feels like Kay's just sitting with me having a coffee talking straight you know mm. and um yeah once you but i also like a It sounds like a a fluke, but it's definitely my personality and that I just, you know, am quite black and white. But also I decided years ago that this was straight up business advice and Mm. that has kept me true to what I do and, you know, the titles that I come up with for books or webinars and things like that.
1: Exactly. Yeah. Cause that was like, so that's a core mission of yours to always provide straight up business advice. Like no one's going to be confused. It's not going to be full of jargon. So that, that, that value you have ultimately influenced that tone of voice, meaning like you would never write a social media post or a blog post that's full of like really, really big businessy words that scare people off because that just wouldn't be part of your tone of voice or your brand Mm. but someone else like that might be their brand and that might be their tone of voice because of the specific audience they're trying to attract like maybe another business coach might want to attract more like fortune 500 ceos or whatever Mm. so their tone of voice might need to be a little bit more sophisticated so i think Mm. also with that is thinking about who you want to attract and repel um and so for example i was working with the mindset coach and she she likes to to swear a lot right so for so she swears a lot in her copy because like so she can only she really only wants to attract people who don't mind the fact that she is going to drop the f-bomb when she works with them and things like that and she's obviously going to repel people who maybe aren't as keen on the swearing but that's fine because she really understands like who she is and who her target audience is and who she wants to attract
0: Mm, yeah, and I think th- this is the subtleties. I love breaking this stuff down because as a consumer and anyone listening out there, you can start to notice this stuff, right, of, yeah, what, what somebody is, you know, showing you or giving you, you know, how you feel when you when you're engaging with a brand and what you like and what you don't like. Um, and then obviously start to build that in. But it's a good its good to just be aware of how this, this stuff is subliminally impacting your decisions on what brands you do and don't engage with. Um, but yeah, I like that example. And I think the other yeah, good thing about that is like, you know, I think a lot of people, a big myth in this space is like, you know, I, I want to be everything to everyone or, you know, I just, you know, I, I don't want to exclude people, but I actually think that it's, you know get even more so lately it always has been but very important to carve out that niche and to be okay with the fact that some people aren't going to like you swearing but that's okay they're not your people and there's plenty to go around and when you when you get this stuff right the people it actually starts coming to you your business your Mm. target market the dream people who it, they don't, you know, you don't even have to, like, I've noticed it with my podcast. It's it's less of a, hey, let me prove to you that I'm a good business coach and more so people being like, all right, love the podcast. I'm here. I'm ready. Give it to me. And so mm. the sales process becomes more effortless because you've spent so much time building trust through these other platforms and getting clear on, yeah, your niche. So you, r- rather than trying to be this kind of big, vague everything everyone.
1: Yeah, that's really yeah, it's really great that you bring that up. I was reading this stat. Um it was from the copywriter club and they were saying that copywriters who niched earn something like 50% more than copywriters who didn't have a niche. I mean I have to find the exact stat, but for Mm -hmm. sure it was like if you niche and you niche well you you're earning a lot more than people who are just like generalists and fair Mm. enough because the more you niche and the more you understand the exact problem you solve and the exact way that you solve it the clearer you're going to be able to articulate that and then people are going to be like okay well i now know i want to come to ash specifically for launches because i know that's what she does so you attract Mm. more clients you make more money etc
0: yeah absolutely and the other thing that i've noticed is that People then repeat your message for you. Mm -hmm. So if you make it clear enough that they can be like, oh, I follow this person and this is what they do, you know, or I listen to this podcast and it's all about this, then that person is more likely, you know, they're having a conversation with someone who could also benefit from you. They're more likely to be like, cool, go to this person.
1: Yeah, exactly, 100%. It makes it, when you have clear copy and you can clearly articulate what you do, it makes uh, spreading your message so much easier. Like your customers will do the selling for you. That's how you'll get more referrals. That's how your word of mouth and your reach will grow. So yeah, it really all does come back to the messaging. Mm,
0: Yeah. This is you. (laughs) Um, Okay, awesome. So let's jump into research because I want to talk about, um, tell me a little bit about some of like, I guess, the launches that you don't have to go into exact client details, but, you know, what kind of products and services you have been helping to build online and, you know, what that looks like and how people can start thinking about maybe putting something like that in place for their business.
1: Yeah, one hundred percent. So I really love helping people launch their digital products, and when I say digital products, I mean things like courses, or it could be like uh, like an ebook, um, even like some social media templates, all those sorts of things that you house online. Um, because everyone's business is mostly online right now because of the pandemic. So that's what I mean by digital products. Even your membership is what i would consider a digital product and when we mm-hmm. say launch it's like basically what we're referring to is that act of like hey, you've got your product now now you have to like actually tell the world so like mm-hmm. launch it to the world and then start generating sales and mm-hmm. i wish it was as easy as saying like yeah i have this cool product that i made please come buy like mm-hmm. i wish it was as easy as that but right now in my own launch i'm learning it's it's really like there's so much that goes into it purely because it is not novelty anymore to have Mm. a digital product, right? Like you have one, I have one, pretty much everyone is like already has one or will start to have one because it's such a big space. Like you can make so much money. Um, I'm not going to say like passive because there is a lot Mm. of work, but like you can make money without it being tied to your time. Mm. So that is the big appeal of the digital products. But obviously in order to make the money, You have to be able to launch it properly. And from my perspective, like you have to be able to describe your product and its benefits really well in order to be able to sell it. So that's Mm. why um, that's why that's what people hire me for to help like write the sales pages and the emails and the promotional assets that are really going to get their audience to be like, OMG, like I want this product. I am willing to trade my money for it
0: absolutely okay this is good so <clears throat> for those I'm just going to recap because I think then we are, I really want to get into how you do that and what mm. you know what you help people with um, but just for those listening so you know there is online courses which is kind of like you make it once you put it online people you know do it by themselves maybe you guide them through it there's memberships there's you know ebooks there's all sorts of different ways whether you have it passive is that you make it once and you don't kind of touch it and it sells ongoing Um, and or B there's like the, you know, more evergreen um, or like an open close course that has like a time Mm. limit to it. Um, so different ways in which you are servicing your your target market. Yeah, this, I I started researching like passive income and digital products, uh, you know, seven years ago when I started. And my first one was like a four week and, you know, how to start a business uh, course. It was worksheets. It's It's a scalable way to service more people and automate some of your delivery of what you do. And I think that, you know, when I started seven years ago, it was like it was actually much easier um, and (laughs) kind of whacked together a four-week thing. I did weekly calls and, you know, I think I made like 15 grand in my first launch, Mm. which was pretty like, you know, nowhere near to the extent of what things, how things are done nowadays um, but as as it got more popular and more people putting them online, I think the saturation of the marketplace, mm. but also the trust, um we started being a little bit more skeptical, I would say, in terms of like every man and their dog has got something to sell, and is it actually going to be good, as good as what as what you know they're saying it's going to be? um because a lot of people did go into that place. but I, especially during, you know, the last two years, have encouraged a lot of clients to have a backup plan of of some sort of scalable digital product service offering um, that is, you can be another form of income, if not your your sole source of income in your business. And a lot of people can see and hear the success stories and go, cool, yep, I'm going to do that, slap something together, put it online and then go, why didn't it work? So I'm keen to jump into mm-hmm. this with you.
1: Have you seen much of that? I've seen a lot of people think that the work ends after you finish creating the product, but there's really there's really like so much more to to doing it. Which is what I was saying before, like then a lot of work actually goes into selling the product and then like getting people to invest, understand like why they should invest in you and not someone else. Like what you were saying before, every man and woman and dog has a product. And not only that, a lot of people have the exact same product. Like do you know how many Instagram courses I've seen in like the last Mm -hmm. month alone? And obviously there's like you need to be able to explain why people should invest in your Instagram course and not someone else who's selling the exact same thing. So a lot goes into it um, and I mostly help with the messaging and copy side to really articulate Mm. why people should come to you and not someone else, like why it's worth their money and and the credibility Mm. piece, which is what you were talking about as well.
0: Yeah, so you have to answer a lot of their questions before they press go on that cut. But let's go back to that research piece because I feel like we can step people through this. So firstly, maybe if there's any tips that you have around, you know, you're sitting here listening, going, shit, like I should get something online. Yeah. <laughs> um, where should people start when they're coming up with an idea for... where to spend time, like where where to develop a course or um, yeah, that kind of research piece, if they're sitting there going, oh, I should probably, you know, play in this space or I've always wanted to.
1: Yeah, that's a really good question. And quite a few different factors go into that and it's different for each person. But one of the factors is like, okay, what are the types of problems that clients or customers keep asking me to solve for them, right? Because if you're getting people consistently coming to you saying like, look, I need help creating graphics for my Instagram, or I I really don't know how to to start my own Pinterest account, or like, I don't know how to start a YouTube channel. And it's just the same questions on repeat. It's probably a sign you could create a product around that, or like there's a need for you to teach them how to do that, right? So that's one factor. Mm -hmm. Another factor is then like, okay, what is your zone of genius or strength? So are you really good at Teaching, like do you want to teach and support and guide your students throughout the whole process or which, which, by the way, would require a lot more of investment of your time and energy or would you prefer to be a little bit more hands-off, like what you were saying, create something sort of once and then just keep selling that thing on repeat. So if you like the whole teaching and guiding and supporting them throughout the process, you could create maybe like a, a course with um, some sort of like cohort based course where you are like guiding them through the process you are there on calls every week things like that versus if you wanted the more hands-off approach you could create maybe like a self-paced course meaning the student goes through it themselves at their own pace there's no like weekly calls to show up for no no little things like that or you could create like an ebook which is which I know you have a lot of those products like ebooks or workbooks or things like that that will guide the student through it themselves. So that's another factor is thinking how much like energy or time investment you want and also your strength. Like are you a good teacher or are you more like a here is this thing, please go and implement. Um, Mm -hmm. And then the third thing is also, yeah, your desires do play into it, but it's probably like you don't want to create a product that you really, really want to create, but the market doesn't want. So it's all about figuring out again what would be the best way to solve your customer's problem? Because uh, that is what they will probably buy. Like that's, they have a bigger need for that. just so a few yeah, different factors.
0: That's a really good point as to how do people also want to learn about this? You know, how what is the style? Like I had a client doing a course recently and had recorded a bunch of videos and um, you know, the target market was probably like a, a busy mum, And I said, you know, perhaps maybe we also do a voice memo version of the audios or just the MP3 version, because, um, not everyone has time to sit and watch something, but if it's a of audio that you can download, um, and you, you get to move through the course on your morning walk, you know? doesn't necessarily have to be face to face but yeah so I think it's good to also consider that and just like I don't know how you feel about this Sasha I know that when I first started out and I would write programs and ideas um and was like cool I want to launch this and be like and then I would run it this many times a year and this and that and um I I had a few mentors be like you need to run a pilot program and test Mm. it and And I would hate that advice. I'd be like, no, I can see how it's going to work. But one of the ways in which I took that advice, instead of running a four-week online course, I did a one-day in-person event and I did a smaller group and I was able to be really hands-on and I tested the content and I saw the responses and what worked and what was missing and what people, questions they were asking, and then I was able to automate it into an online course because I tested out the yet yeah, the deliverables
1: yeah so what you're talking about right there and what your mentors were talking about is called validating the offer because what you don't want to do is spend maybe like weeks and some money creating a course and then you try and sell it and you realize that people don't want it in that specific format or they don't resonate with the content so you've now invested all this capital and time into creating something that people don't want and it can be quite disappointing. So when we say validating the offer, what you ideally want to do is to see if people want it first before you actually create it or like you test the content, see if it resonates, see if it's good before you actually package it up and start selling it. So one way, I'm literally doing that right now, that process right now. So I think this is the perfect time to talk about it. So I'll give you an example. Uh, As part of my launch packages, I write a lot of promotional content for people's socials, meaning like once the cart is open, you obviously need to, to post on social media to drive traffic to your sales page, right? So I write a lot of socials for their launch period and more importantly as well, their pre-launch period, meaning like all that stuff you should be saying before your cart opens. And so I was getting the same request over and over again. And I was also getting people who couldn't afford me, which I think is also another factor. So I was like, well, in order to help the people who can't afford me, maybe I should create some sort of product that will teach them how to write their own social media posts for their pre-launch and launch period. So, But what I didn't want to do was spend weeks and weeks Uh, to create this thing and then hire a designer to make it look pretty and spend all of this time and money only to launch it and have nobody buy. So what I'm doing right now is pre-selling it. And what I mean by that is I literally um, sent an an email to my email list and created like a mini sales page saying like, hey, I'm thinking of creating this thing. This is what it's going to look like. You're going to get this. You're going to get this. You're going to get this. You're going to get all these theme plates for your pre-launch. You're going to get all of the social theme plates for your launch. I'm going to teach you how to actually write a profitable post. And I'm going to give you detailed examples and annotations if you want it. Here it is. It's $97 up until the 30th of November. Once I've finished it, I'm going to sell it for $197. So if you want it and you don't mind waiting a couple of weeks, you can get it now for only $97. Mm. So what that's what I'm doing, and I hadn't, I haven't finished creating the product yet. So what I'm doing there is gauging, okay, do you want this or not? If I got no sales, then fine. I just saved myself like four weeks and a lot of money. That, and that means like I wouldn't have to create the product. But if I did get sales, which I have. I'm like, okay, cool. People want this product. Now I now I can go create it. And I'm technically getting paid to create it because people have paid me the money. So that's what right. I mean by validating the offer. That's one way to mm-hmm. do it. And it's something I do. It, it, it's a, It's a pretty popular method because you, like I said, don't want to spend time and capital only to get no sales. What mm-hmm. you did was also a great way to validate it, which is you held a workshop. I'm not sure if that was paid or free. But it only required you to invest maybe like obviously a day of your time and in the prep time. And then that's it. And then if people didn't enjoy it or you didn't get good feedback from it, then you just saved yourself from spending time and money creating a course.
0: Yeah. There's two things I love about that advice is that A, um, it is if people can't afford you, then what your online digital offering might be is the DIY version, right? Mm -hmm. So it's the hey, if you want me to do this for you or with you or teach you that is specifically the same with me as coaching, it's like I can sit with you one-on-one and give you tailored advice or you would do the copywriting for them. Um but if you can't afford that and you're noticing that all your demand is too high and you know you've got no room left in your in your diary, um, this is a good way to go, how can I, what parts of this can I automate and give mm. someone to cheaper so that it's like i know you kind of afford like the top end of like you know deluxe but you can here if you want to just i can teach you how i do it but you have to do it all um that's a really good opportunity to create course of uh, content from there um mm. and then the other interesting thing is that yeah i think that sometimes people think that once they've launched something they can they put it out there and they say hey, i'm thinking about doing this and you know they feel like they have to follow through with it but it's okay to use that as a marker for like hey guys what do you think of this and do like you know the minimal viable version of it mm-hmm. which is putting your sales page together and coming up with a name and what it would include um and if it doesn't if it doesn't stick then that's okay like move through it rather than you know feel like you have to now deliver on it because that's where you end up wasting money and time
1: yeah, 100%. I think everything you said, that factor of your, your product is pretty much a DIY version, right, of whatever service you're selling. And then this pre-selling thing, I mean, it, it, it does come with its own ups and downs, but it is definitely way better than sinking time and money into creating something that looks perfect, but ultimately doesn't sell because nobody wants it. So something you could do right now, like right after you listen to this podcast episode is if you have an idea already for a product, but you're not sure if people actually want it, just send a pretty casual email to your email as being like, hey, like um, I've noticed a lot of my clients or my customers struggle with X, Y, Z, X, Y, Z. That's why I'm potentially thinking of creating something that will help you do X, Y, Z. What do you, like, would you be interested in something like that? And then what you can do is you can either say, like, hit reply, or you can be like, if you're interested in that, tap this link right here to join the wait list and you'll be the first to know. That way you can gauge If nobody clicks on your link, then, okay, you know that that's probably not an idea that's going to go very well. So you've just saved yourself time. But if people do click on the link and you're getting a lot of interest around that, then, you know, you're onto something there.
0: Yeah. And it's I think it's it's really good to be in, like, directly ask your customer, you know, like, it's okay, you know, and also be expecting for people to be like, no, I wouldn't be into it or I'm doing this course or that would be too expensive or yeah, but it's you've got to get used to that engagement and that feedback because it's the most vital way or it's, the, it's the most potent way to get that research part of the the process done, I think.
1: yeah, exactly. like that's mm. that's one part of the research. Mm. let's
0: um, I know I don't want to give it away too much because I think that people can come in and buy from you and get this stuff in more detail but if we were to give kind of like briefly the next steps, so you kind of you come up with your idea you do a bit of research you validate it um tell us like i don't some of your like you know maybe top three or five tips of what is absolutely necessary in the lead up to your launch um in terms of having a successful launch
1: yeah, 100%. So as part of the that research as well, so other than validating like, okay, cool, I want this specific digital product, you'd also want to ask them specifically again, like what challenges are they facing? What do they want? Because you want to find out, like I said before, what exact words are they using to describe their problems and desires? Because that's what's going to help you write the copy for your sales page and your emails. Um, and you also want to find out like what objections or hesitations they have around investing, in your industry or in your product. So if you're not familiar, an objection is like those doubts or hesitations that will stop a prospect from wanting to invest in you. So it's like those yeah, but statements that flare up. So an objection might be like, yeah, but... I don't have time to complete a course right now. Or yeah, but surely I can find this information for free. Um, okay. When it comes to business coaching, an objection people may have to investing in, with you might be like price, or they may be like, yeah, but how do I know that that K is going like will understand my specific business because I believe my business is unique or whatever it is. Like that's an objection, right? And the thing is, if you can't address or dismantle these objections, then it's going to make your prospect talk themselves out of investing in you. So for example, they may be like, Oh, like, well, I don't actually know if Kay understands my industry, so I think I'm just going to go find someone else who who maybe does. Or like, well, I believe I can find a lot of this information for free on YouTube, so I don't think I'm going to pay for it. Or like, mm, I don't really have time to complete a course right now, so mm, I'm not going to buy. So see how you're losing those sales Um So what you really need to do is figure out exactly what those objections are in the research so you can address them. So that's why I really like that research part. And it's all about, again, maybe surveying your audience or just asking them these questions on Instagram, like what challenges do you face? What objections do you have? What do you really want to learn from me? So that is like the first major thing I would do because it really, and it's what I would do for all my clients because it literally gives me the words I need to write their copy. Mm. Um, And I think that's just quickly on that, it's really good because I think people
0: don't want to hear the negative side or like (laughs) why that we're more adverse to like shy away from an opportunity where someone would tell us no or give us feedback, right? And I think it's really that's a really great tip that you've given because getting comfortable with hearing why people wouldn't, because most people will want to hold on to their money and overthink Mm. their decisions. And there's decision fatigue too, or there's decision overwhelm, Uh, there's distraction, there's certain times of the year, there's, you know, we're talking about the Black Friday competitiveness of the marketplace and, and getting someone's attention. And there's so many different factors as to why people wouldn't. Um, And so I think the more that you you get get comfortable with hearing the no's of why they would be more likely to say no, I think you're actually in a better position. It's stronger than getting them to a yes.
1: Well, yeah, you need to know what are those potential barriers that are stopping them because some of those barriers may not be quote unquote real so obviously like your thoughts and your feelings are real like if you're feeling hesitant about investing in someone that is very very valid but what i mean by real is if for example someone believes that um starting a youtube starting a youtube channel and buying all the gear is too expensive but you know that it doesn't have to be expensive like they can start for free or they can start for cheap then you really need you need to address that objection like that technically isn't like that idea of oh it's too expensive isn't technically correct because you know they can start for cheaper so you need to tell them that you need to educate them about the fact that they can do it for cheaper and that it can be low cost and it can even be free because then they'll feel more likely to want to start a youtube channel now mm. that that barrier is out of the way um 100 yeah, yeah.
0: And then people, in you know, just for people at home, I'm assuming that's the stuff that you put on frequently asked questions that you might do an mm. Instagram
1: live about that you answer on your sales page. Exactly. Like your copy, uh, your sales page should be addressing these objections um, Even in a good way, a good place to do that is in the frequently asked questions. Um, and then also a place where you need to be defeating a lot of objections are also in that pre-launch period, which is what I'm starting to specialize in a lot more because like people think that when you launch, you just open the cart and say like, here it is and then then people buy but there's actually a lot of content that you like there's actually a lot of things that you need to do before your cart even opens to get your audience in the right mindset to buy because Mm. like right now a lot of your audience actually aren't in the right mindset and um here's what I mean by that so like you know okay I know you do a lot of work around like beliefs specifically like limiting beliefs and things like that but for people who don't know beliefs are like the um beliefs really influence how we see the world um and it really influences the decisions that we make so for example like let's say you want to sell a tiktok marketing course to service providers but your audience have these beliefs that are like, oh, well, TikTok is just for dancing teenagers or like, oh, TikTok is for entertainment, not business or like, oh, to succeed on TikTok, I need to dance on camera and I don't want to do that. Like all of those statements are their beliefs. So imagine if you want to launch your TikTok course like tomorrow and you don't address any of these beliefs, then as soon as you say like, yeah, my TikTok course is open, go check it out, your audience are immediately going to be like, oh, well, TikTok is only for dancing teenagers, so I don't think I should invest in this course. Or like, well, I don't think this TikTok course is worth my time because people only go on TikTok for entertainment, not business. So can you see how these beliefs are influencing, yeah, obviously like their thoughts and whether or not they're even going to check out your course. So if those beliefs-
0: yeah, it's, it's like that alignment, right? It's like it's yeah. the trust building and it's like, hey, I've got you and this is how it's going to help and this is why it's the right course for you and it's like, yeah, you're starting to get them on your page of what you're exactly. actually going to
1: do. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, and that's what the pre-launch content is for. It's pretty much like, in your words, getting them onto the same page as you, being able to address these beliefs and help people see like, why they need in this case like a TikTok course or like how the TikTok course will really benefit them things like that because if you if you can address all of these things and get them onto the same page before your cart even opens then they're more likely to want to buy from you earlier in your cart open period and you're going to spend it means you'll spend less time having to do all of that convincing during your cart open period.
0: Yeah what I love about that is that it's I, and i often say this to clients too it's like you know you're warming warming up a mm. lead you know you're you're bringing them on the journey and you're um, how, what I how I describe it is like you're helping the person to self-diagnose, you know, so they you're giving them the information so that they're able to go, oh, yeah, I need this course. And you're showing them that. And I think another really important thing that you said there, Ash, which is for anyone out there looking to create or if they have created and maybe it's not totally landing would be what are the outcomes what, that you're selling? You know, when I finish this course, what am I going to get? How will my life be different? Why will my life be better? You know? Um, so there's they're diagnosing that this is the solution. So they're feeling a certain way, oh, this course is going to help me do this. And when, when I'm done, here's what I'll, I'll have to show for it.
1: Yeah, exactly. I love how you use that word self-diagnose because it's like, that's what the pre-launch part is for is like what like, like you said, warming them up, priming them to see that like, oh my God, like I do have a problem. Like, so they're self-diagnosing, okay, okay I've got this problem. Now, how do I, what, like, what's the solution that it are? And then when your cart opens, they'll be like, oh, there's the solution. That's what I need. And then they'll be more likely to want to jump on it and buy it because they now understand why they need it.
0: Yeah. Which is, you, you, you often, Um, find that, you know, you've got to move people a couple of steps in a direction through content, which is Instagram, podcasts, blog posts, you know, live webinars. And you really probably a couple of steps before and starting to really just be like, hey, you know, have you ever thought about TikTok or want to, you know, (laughs) what, and that might be the first kind of lead up content, right?
1: Yeah, I've actually developed like, a framework around like, what exactly you need to do in that pre-launch stage to move people a couple of steps, Mm. like what you said. So um, I call it the power framework because as a copywriter, it needs to have like Mm. a cool name. (laughs) But anyway, um, so just this will help you figure out what types of content you should be writing in that lead up to move your audience closer to that right mindset. But pretty much to power up your pre-launch, you need to prime your audience, overcome objections, walk through the why behind your offer, establish your expertise, and reshift beliefs. So pretty much priming your audience is like what we were talking about before, like helping them self-diagnose like, hey, I have a problem. So you want to start talking about like the challenges they may be facing. Like, oh, hey, do you struggle with marketing your, your business on Instagram? Well, that's probably because TikTok is the new place to be, blah, 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 whatever it is. So start getting them to think about the actual topic that you're going to release a product on. So in this case, you'd want them to start thinking about TikTok as much as possible. So all of your content in the pre-launch stage should start talking more around like TikTok. So you're priming them to identify the challenges they're facing and you're starting to seed hints of what the solution is. Then overcoming objections is like what we were talking about so if they believe that um okay tiktok is just for dancing teenagers that's also an objection right so you then need to have some sort of post or whatever saying like tiktok is actually for a wide variety of businesses like it's not just you don't have to dance to succeed so that could be a post um then you want to walk through like the why behind your offer so like why are you creating a product like this in the first place like What is the purpose of it? Why does your audience need it? Things like that. Then establishing expertise and authority is like what you and I were saying, that trust piece, that like your audience want to know that you are the right guide for them, that you actually know what you're talking about. Like, because they're not going to buy from someone who who they don't trust or who doesn't have results. So you have to create some sort of like post or content piece that reveals that you really understand what they're going through and that you are their best guide for their journey. And then finally, all of this is about reshifting what they currently believe and aligning it with what you want them to believe. So getting them onto the same page. So that is pretty much the pre-launch in a nutshell.
0: That's incredible. Wow, that love it. Well done. You nailed it. Love love the <laughs> love the cool name. <laughs> um that's so incredible Ash. I think you've given so much valuable advice and just even that power um you know formula that you've created or the structure, I think will give lots of people things to think about. And I think, yeah, are really, really helpful and I'm um, keen to to let people know where they can find you and what you're offering at the moment and yeah, where they can check you out and and maybe get in touch.
1: Yeah. So if you ever need help with like a launch or specifically what to do for the pre-launch, you can connect with me uh, everywhere on at it's Ash Chow, um, and if you were interested in that pre-launch piece where you're like, wait, what the heck do I say in the lead up to my cart opening, I do have a free guide all about that power framework, which you can find at ashchow.com slash pre-launch.
0: Amazing. Yeah, I think we could go on and on, but I also want people <laughs> to, um, to do invest in you as well. And um, there's been lots of incredible advice there. And yeah, I think you could definitely check out Ash's stuff because she gives lots of advice and there's so many layers and depths to this and Ash is, you know, all on top of it all the time, just constantly studying and researching and growing in that space. So um, yeah, head on over. It Yeah, it goes layers and layers and deep. And what you see when you're watching other people launch and say so mm-hmm. I want to do that. It's um, there really is a lot that goes into it, and it pays having somebody like Ash on your side, um, who can yeah show you the steps and teach you the steps. If not, work with you um, to nail it. And the beauty of it is, in that you know, Ash helped me write lots of different copy over the years. But um, it's it's copy that once you get it done and you invest in it. It's, you know, it makes you feel more confident in launching and you can reuse it and you get a, an idea and you can, you can also track it. And, and it's, it's not just a one-off expense. I feel like it's something that is a long-term investment in your business and the ability to make you some really great money.
1: Yeah. 100%. Everything you just said, and then not to toot my own horn, but yeah, like mm. after clients work with me, there's that confidence piece because they can finally, articulate what has been in their heart and in their head for so long, but they just can't get it out. And just having, it's not just about like getting the, well, it is about getting the words, but it's also about having another person who can see things from a more objective perspective and help them pull it out of you. So I Mm. I, a lot of my clients get a lot of clarity after Mm. they work with someone like me.
0: Yeah, absolutely. And then from that, it's a yeah it'll up level your business and that clarity piece which we've said over and over again means that the clearer you are the clearer the audience is the more likely you are to grow and scale your business and they will do it on your behalf as well 100 percent. amazing thank you so much for your time ash and congratulations thank you Kay. awesome Thank you so much for tuning into the Startup Creative Podcast. If you get a chance, head to iTunes and leave a rating and review. And don't forget to hit subscribe so you get notified every time there's a new podcast up. See you next week.